Welcome to KC Corner episode 140. And I'm sorry, there's there's really only one way to open up the show is is kind of what happened Sunday after church. Oh, come on. <laughs> you know, yeah, what happened Sunday was a great Sunday. We worshiped Jesus. It was amazing. I'm talking about after church. So. Uh, well, I had, listen, I had people over. We had a very nice lunch. Yeah, we had some some quality time together. We ate friends. some wings. Is yeah. there anything else that happened? No, there there's maybe a little snowstorm up in Buffalo, New York. B u f f a l o b a l l s. Where that football team up there? You you got everything you could ask for. You know. Home game in the playoffs, a snow game, you know, a team that you didn't get to finish the game against earlier in the season, and it was heartbreak. Well, you know, I uh, rebuked my dad for allowing me to be born in Buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> it's a curse, but that's all right. Yeah, so. and, and I got a picture of him before the game even started. He was uh, he had his head back, kind of asleep on the couch before the game started. Yeah. So I was like, he kind of knew where this yeah, was going. Yeah, he knew, he knew, you know, it's a... <laughs> But uh, I, we did have to open up with that. But before we started talking, there was uh, something interesting that kind of went viral this week. And it was a, t- it was a Tim Keller tweet from uh, January 13th. And it goes, nothing more important for a Christian to do than to read right through the whole Bible over and over and over, at the very least once a year. You have to keep checking and refining your beliefs by immersion in the scripture. And he got crucified for that tweet. He got Crazy. all sorts of responses. He had to kind of to talk about what he was the point he was trying to make and the and he had to say like and never in my 50 years has that been an issue yeah i mean how could anybody think he'd have to walk that back i mean mm-hmm. that is so true you know what hit me about his his quote was at least once a year i'm like tim are you serious <laughs> oh he started he had a bunch of responses of how he you know going through the psalms once a month and there are different reading versions throughout the year like yes yeah, yeah. he had all sorts of follow-up tweets if you go to his twitter page well you know brooks that i have had a habit by god's grace uh, of reading through scripture once a year even yesterday i was going through some old Bibles, and I like picking them up. Say, oh, I wonder what year I went through this one. I wonder mm-hmm. what year I went through this one. And I'm sure i got to be careful because there's probably some spiritual pride in that. But I was so convicted in a devotional that I read about a, a general in the army who every year he read through Scripture and how after so many years, I mean, I, I don't remember what how many years he did, let's say 30-plus years, mm-hmm. you know, how important that was. Mm-hmm. And... For Keller to say, there's nothing more important than for us to be in God's story. You know, I I can't imagine getting any heat from that mm-hmm. from anybody who claims to be a Christian. But we that's the culture we live in. Yeah, yeah. And what, even one of the, the follow up things that he said was obviously I'm I'm talking to the people who can read. Like there's there's got to be other outlets for people who can't read and can listen to the word or yeah. go to sermons or go to church and like. Things like that that he was it was it was from all angles and that wasn't the only point that people were making against him but oh, they were coming after him from yeah every angle. Well, it, it seems like you know we are uh, in a culture right now where it's interesting. One of the readings we had in, in Matthew this week was "Do not judge," you know, mm-hmm. and it seems like we are you know so quick to judge others, and, mm-hmm. I, and I think sometimes you, you, we've taken that in uh, out of context. Like, oh, as Christians, we shouldn't judge anybody's behavior. That's not what jesus is saying in this sermon he's like hey by the standard of judgment that you judge others you're going to be judged against and so you know be careful of of a double standard be careful Mm -hmm. of taking the speck out of your brother's eye when there's a log in your own eye i mean 
you know, look inward instead of attacking outward. And uh, we've lost that. I mean, it's like we are seeing the speck in everybody else's eye and then start beating them over the head. So, uh, man, these are these are these are some tough times, Brooks. It is, and social media does not help at all with that. When you can hide no. behind the screen, hide behind a keyboard. It's 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 so true. It's it's yeah, it's sad, but. You know, may the kingdom come, may God's will be done on mm-hmm. earth as it is in heaven. And, you know, uh, somehow uh, we know that he's Lord over the earth and he's reigning and ruling. And it's like like I, in my devotions in the morning, I'm crying out, come on, Lord, let your kingdom come. You know, let let's let it be more visible. I know it's here. And uh, but there's been times uh, throughout history of that darkness seems to be rolling in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But the light. But the light, Jesus came as the light and life of men, and the darkness did not overcome, and it will not overcome, so it's exciting. Amen. We can dive right in. We've kind of already started there with Matthew 7. Any other opening thoughts? Yeah, you know, one of the scariest passages in Matthew 7 is he's bringing this sermon uh, on the mount to a close. It's always been 721. It's, uh, It's some people who think that they get Jesus, who think that they have a relationship with him. Who actually apparently did some, you know, some religious things like casting out demons. Who, who will say at the end of the day, uh, you know, hey, Lord, we do all these things, and He's going to say, "Depart from me, I never knew you." And mm-hmm. to me, that's one of the scariest thoughts of people who feel like they're safe because maybe they joined a church or they got baptized or or some religious thing happened or they're morally better than their neighbor, um, but the to get to the end of the day and have the Savior say, hey, I never knew you. Ooh, mm-hmm. pretty terrifying. And with the this week's readings, I think, you know, we have the, the reading schedule of about 25 days in a month. So I think we're only going to cover about four days uh, okay. today. But there are some parallels this week between Matthew 7 and Psalm 18. And that section below, it talks about uh, the Lord is my rock and my refuge. And Psalm 18 opens up with, I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my rock, in whom I take refuge. And then it kind of closes also uh, with the same thing, talking about Lord, Lord, and he never knew you of. They cried for help, but there was none to save. They cried to the Lord, but he did not answer them. And I think that was the same day or back-to-back days yeah. uh, with the with Psalm 18 and Matthew 7. Yeah, isn't it amazing how that, that weaves through there, which is incredible. And, and by the way, Psalm 18 is really one of my favorites. And mm-hmm. I love, as you read, the way it starts. I love you, O Lord, my strength. And I love how many times... Uh, the personal pronoun my is there my my mm-hmm. lord my rock my refuge you know my deliverer uh, my god in whom i trust it's just it's uh it's so beautiful and yet the other side of that those who don't know him um you know they could cry out at the end and unless he is their refuge and their redeemer uh, yeah that's scary stuff but even back in matthew 7 brooks is that um Right after that passage where I never knew you, he, he talks about a distinction between a wise builder and a foolish builder. Mm-hmm. And I've used this. You're going to hear this on March 12th on your on your wedding, by the way. <laughs> you will hear this because I always weave it in every sermon I've ever or every uh, wedding I've ever officiated is uh, this passage because it's an amazing distinction between who's wise and who's foolish. And the similarities are eerie. They both hear God's word, the wise mm-hmm. and the foolish. And the distinction is one, the wise man hears and he applies God's word. The fool says, no, I'm going to do it on my own. And he's like building his life on the sand and it's going to come all. But also another distinction that is pretty interesting that they both experience the rains of life, the floods of life, 
both of them have everything they own threatened. You know, being a Christian and a follower of Christ um, doesn't keep us from experiencing all of the junk of life. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, we still get cancer. We still have to deal with um, the brokenness within and without. And uh, But if we build on Christ that rock, you know, Psalm 18, oh mm-hmm. Lord, you are my rock. You are, you know, my, my strength, my fortress, my deliverer. Mm-hmm. Um, building on Christ that rock, you know, he's going to make sure that we stand, which mm-hmm. is awesome. Absolutely. And you kind of, and before we jump too far ahead, you kind of hit on that on your sermon this past Sunday of blessed are those who mourn, talking about knowing that this world is broken and mourning over that. Yeah. Mourning over our brokenness and, and just uh, weeping over the loss of innocence and, mm-hmm. and, you know, the world we live in, as we talked about, even with that Twitter uh, comment, uh, <laughs> you know, the response to Keller is, you know, uh, boy, look at what's happened to our world. And mm-hmm. it's, yeah. Any other closing thoughts for Matthew? Uh, you know, there's some just great stuff there. Again, I there's love the Sermon on the Mount, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, eight's going to jump into some miraculous healing. But now let's let's move on. Let's let's go to uh, Acts. Let's go on to Acts and kind of the main theme, talking about how the gospel is for Gentiles and not just Jews. You know, and this is a huge thing. You know, if you as you read through the Book of Acts, I, I, one of the things I said this last week, I believe. The kind of startling about the book of Acts is how uh, Jewish-centered it is, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, Peter's calling them men of Israel. I mean, he's uh, it really has that. And again, it starts in Jerusalem, and it's going to be have a very much... It, it's in the temple. And here is this major... It, had, it, it, it took a vision from the Lord, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Cornelius uh, has a vision, um, uh, the centurion, and also Peter has this vision, Um of what is clean and unclean and, and a real shift is that mm-hmm. the Gentiles get it. And so, yeah. And, and, you know, this was so uh, scandalous Brooks that, you know, gosh, the Jews weren't even supposed to eat with the Gentiles. All mm-hmm. of a sudden Peter's going to his house, hanging out with them. But how, how did God make the distinction? He's like, Hey, they got the Holy spirit, mm-hmm. you know, Hey, they're, 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 they're getting this. And so, you know, who are we to hold them back? And, you know, the, 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 the leaders from uh, Jerusalem had to come say, what's going on? But, you know, thank God it's for us too. It's for the Gentiles. So, well, I remember yeah. growing up and going to a Christian school and taking Old Testament classes. You, you do that class and it's a lot of my chosen people, the Jewish people, the Jewish law. And you're kind of like, wait, where, when do Christians come into the, <laughs> yeah. come into the mix here? Yeah, like, yeah. what's going on? And I didn't realize that until you read Acts, and it even says the term Christian. Yeah. And I know that was just shocking and uh, comforting, reading that for the first time of, of hearing like, oh, this is when people, re- like people, other people realize like this is for Gentiles as well. Exactly. And I think that where you, we, where this whole thing kind of ties together is to see all the promises that God made to the Israelites the true Israelite was Jesus. Mm-hmm. The true temple was Jesus. I mean, and we can be considered a part of that true Israelites in Christ Jesus. And so we are a part of that chosen people in Christ Jesus. And mm-hmm. I know that I grew up, my mom had a real distinctive distinctive between, you know, the Old Testament Jewish people chosen and then the New Testament church. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think that that distinctive is 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 distinct not very well said <laughs> uh, as, as as she thought and uh um you know because you get to the romans which we'll get to it's like hey you think you're in just because you're circumcised and you, and you have a, a religious and a heritage mm-hmm. to this 
but you know God could raise up these rocks to be Israelites you know mm -hmm. and uh, it's those who believe all right I know that I, I sorry about the uh, rabbit trail there oh no no so, worries so, no so. worries at all but but let's go back to Acts and mm -hmm. you know I, I love it when in Jesus uh, he's preaching you know we've seen that uh, all he's done and and on the cross and his crucifixion and you know we preach that he is the judge of the living dead uh, living in the dead and in him. Belong forgiveness of sins through His name, and you know He is the only way, the truth, and the life for forgiveness of sins. And I love the fact that uh, that the gospel is going to be preached uh, to the Gentiles. And even in Romans one, it's going to say Paul's going to say it's first for the Jews, but also for the Gentiles. And, mm -hmm. and there's no other name. And so here you got this cool vision of Cornelius and mm -hmm. his story. Here you got this faithfulness of Peter going, and yeah. And the gospel goes forth. And, and as you were talking there, I was reading Acts 10, 34 through uh, 43. I won't read it here, but it, uh, Peter just talks and gives the gospel and exactly yeah. what happened and what Jesus did and rose for us and forgave our sins. And it was a, it's a great description. It, you know, it is. And I think when I read those descriptions, what seems to be so clear is the resurrection mm -hmm. you know i mean we we just say okay yeah well it's part of the christian story is easter mm -hmm. but this was the game changer yep. the game changer was wow he did these things but he's alive mm -hmm. and you know he, sinful men crucified him we saw it um but he's alive yep. and, and uh you know christ alive has it change, it, that is obviously the ultimate game changer is that resurrection. You take that piece away and it's nothing. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, absolutely. And you see that a lot in Acts of their focus of when he rose, this is what happened and this is what the result was. Well, and you, it, it, not only the result, but you see how beautifully this sets up Paul's journeys. Mm -hmm. I mean, so here we are in 10 and you have this Cornelius vision. It's going to go to the Gentiles. And it's interesting, it goes through Peter, the leader, right? It's always Peter, um, before we get to Paul. You know, so mm -hmm. Paul's, and in many ways, Paul's ministry is validated mm -hmm. through this vision as well, because, hey, the Holy Spirit is the ultimate signifying validation. He's coming and giving new life uh, to, to these Gentiles. And mm -hmm. they're like, well, gosh, we shouldn't withhold water baptism. They're being baptized by the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And then we'll see that, that, uh, Paul's journeys, the Gentiles will come too. But it's still, it wasn't easy to embrace at first. Mm -hmm. I mean, we'll get to Acts 15, which is the Jerusalem council. We're like, are we sure that the Gentiles are getting it? Shouldn't they be circumcised too? Shouldn't they become Jewish? Mm -hmm. You know, so the question is, the gospel's for them. And then the next question is, is the gospel enough for them? Mm -hmm. Do they need to have Jesus and circumcision? Do they need to have, and, and the reality is, no, we just you need to have just Jesus. Mm -hmm. Beautiful stuff. Beautiful stuff. Beautiful stuff. Anything yeah. else uh, as we wrap up Acts? No, and I think, uh, well, again, we say wrap up. I know we're going to get back into yeah, it. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, uh, you just, we're just going to love Wrap up today's Acts. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I get excited about Paul's journeys coming up. But no, I think, I think that that's, that's good. Absolutely. What about Psalms? I know I know that we, we hit Psalm 18, which, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, both of us focused in on, which I think is an amazing psalm. Mm -hmm. um, I love and, how it and starts. And I know Psalm 19 directly after it and talking about general revela revelation. Look at you, general revelation. I know, if, if I didn't stumble over my words. I <laughs> that was it. still pretty good. <laughs> so what do, you, what do you mean by general revelation? General revelation of uh, God as the creator and if you walk outside or see buildings even, like knowing that there is a creator and that 
you, you, you can't deny that fact of it. Um, and then what is the other one? Divine revelation? Um, special revelation. Special yeah, revelation. Yeah, yeah, same Dang thing. it. Yeah, I got, yeah, I got over time. my skis there. <laughs> no, 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 that was good. It took me a minute to think about it. But, you know, yeah, so general revelation, as you said, is God revealing himself in creation. And, mm-hmm. and, and it's uh, that all of creation will tell a story. And I, and I love that fact that it's going to basically say that, you know, creation is pouring forth speech day by day. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be telling a story. And we need to know special revelation because sin has so affected us. We won't get it until, you know, we get the the, the Bible and mm-hmm. actually the Holy Spirit to help us. But yeah, I, I, I love that reality of how Genesis 19 starts off. And I love like, a couple more thoughts on that. Do you have any more thoughts on 19? The, the only thing I was going to say, kind of quote from it, the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech and night and night to reveal knowledge. It reveals knowledge. I love it. Mm -hmm. And proclaiming his glory. And then it's going to turn to special revelation and talk about the law of the Lord. Mm -hmm. The law of the Lord is perfect. You know, the law, the statutes of the Lord are trustworthy. Mm -hmm. The precepts are right. So it goes from general revelation to special revelation. Um, And I love it in there. It's going to say, too, is like, God, once I get to this reality, man, forgive my hidden faults Mm -hmm. and, and don't let there be willful sins that bring me down and i love that combination of god forgive the things i don't even know i could see i mean my hidden faults and mm-hmm. and don't let there be some willful thing some 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 uh habit some uh you know that that one thing we struggle with uh you know forgive that and help me with that and then the way that 19 ends is oftentimes a prayer in uh that i use and here's a secret it's kind of embarrassing to say but <laughs> When I know that I got to pray during a sermon and I know that, I mean, I have a pretty typical prayer Mm -hmm. that I pray and you've heard it a lot of times, Brooks, Um, you know, like give us ears to hear. Mm -hmm. But when I don't have time, I just say, (laughs) I I end with the end of Psalm 19. When you look up at the clock, it's been been up there for like 50 minutes. I was like, oh man, you know, (laughs) may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. And, Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, that's... That's such a great prayer for all of us, but especially anybody who is unpacking God's word, you know, uh, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you. So, mm-hmm. that's And that really cool. section right after where it says the, the, the law of the Lord is perfect and kind of talking about the way of the Lord is perfect and pure, right under it, it says, uh, more to be desired are they than gold. And mm. even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and drippings mm. of the honeycomb. And I just think like when mm. this was written, you know, gold was like, power money like what we think of today of like being high up uh in society and then like sweeter also than honey they didn't have 7-elevens with like crunch (laughs) bars and like if you had honey like i couldn't imagine how good that tasted and tasting something sweet so realizing like when they put those words in there gold and honey and how much it meant like at that time that's awesome brooks love it man is that all we got in in, uh, on the psalms Uh, i I think you just yeah that's fantastic (laughs) genesis Genesis and the Joseph story. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Joseph, we are introduced to Joseph in Genesis 37, and he is going to take the rest of the story. Mm-hmm. So you think of uh, Genesis and you realize that, you know, from creation um, is, you know, chapter one, you're going to get to Babel eventually, the table of nations. And then you're going to get in chapter 12, Abraham. And then you're going to have Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are going to dominate the rest of the Bible. But really, the focus is going to be on one of Jacob's uh, 12 
sons, Joseph. Mm -hmm. And Joseph is going to take center stage from uh, 37 to 50. It's an amazing story Mm -hmm. of of Joseph and the favored one of, of, of Jacob, whose brothers hate him and, you know, whose life is pretty... Pretty miserable, it seems like. But and it shows you don't want to, you know, as a father, you don't want to show favoritism exactly. and give one of your sons a, a coat of many colors <laughs> exactly. and, and you know it, uh, just treat him with more respect than the rest of the twelve or eleven sons. Yeah, no, and it really does, and it, and it shows us like you know we know the story that Jacob had uh, two wives, uh, Rachel and, uh, uh, and Leah, and we also know that. Uh, um, he had two maidservants as well. Mm-hmm. It also shows the rivalry of that, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, just like uh, um, from Rachel was Joseph. Joseph mm-hmm. was the first one. And then Benjamin would come along too. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, don't have favorites. It's not good. It's going to be make your brothers hate you, you know? But you know what's interesting to me in the Joseph story, especially early on? It says that Joseph found favor of the Lord, even when he was in Potiphar's house. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm like, Wait a minute, the dude's in slavery, you know? I mean, I mean, so, and everything that he did prospered. I'm like, he's a slave, who cares? And then then he's slandered, uh, although he does the right thing, and he refuses to go to bed with, with, with Potiphar's wife, which to me, again, is amazing grace and amazing mm-hmm. strength. Because if I'm sold into slavery, and I'm far from home, and I'm hurting... You know, I think, it, it, how do you stick to your values? And he says, how could I do this and sin against God? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it would have been easy to say, okay, God, following you so far, I'm, I'm here in prison, <laughs> you know. I'm not asking for this, God. God, I've said no 10 times. You don't expect me to say no 11, do you? Mm-hmm. And uh, um, and yet he's such a man of integrity. So how does God reward him? He goes to prison. And uh, what's he happening in prison? Well, he finds f- f- a favor with a warden and everything's given to him. I'm like, who cares? It's like... <laughs> Hey, he's at the bottom of the totem pole, but man, he's blessed at the bottom of the totem pole. <laughs> but through all of that, and, and again, I don't want to get too far ahead, is it God had a plan. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, it really helps me understand no matter where I am, God has a plan. And no matter where my life is unfolding, you know, I can prosper in a prison. I can prosper, you know, in a bad situation. I can prosper uh, when when being attacked or whatever, you know, as if I'm trying to honor the Lord, you know, that's, that's, he's, he's got us where he wants us. And, you know, I oftentimes grumble about my circumstances and, you know, want things to be different or better or whatever. Um, And I, I feel like there's a lot of times wasted in my life instead of just living for his glory. It's grumbling about what he's provided around me. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, come on. So anyway, that's that's really convicting to me. And, and the Joseph story is just amazing. Mm-hmm. And then when he is in prison, um, he is able to get out and immediately kind of made second in charge behind Pharaoh, which yeah. is incredible. And, you know, predicting that there's going to be seven years of plenty um, in the land and there's going to be plenty of food, but they need to store up some of that because directly following that, there's going to be seven years of famine. Yeah. And how does he get out with these interpreting dreams? Yeah. And I love the fact that he's like, well, listen, I'm not doing it. The Lord's doing it. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, yeah, it's uh, and even the fact when he in, uh, interpreted the dream of the uh, the cupbearer. Mm-hmm. Hey, listen, when you get out, talk good about me, you know, <laughs> you know, remember me. And he's like, he's forgotten mm-hmm. until Pharaoh has a dream. So, yeah, it's it's incredible. And here God's going to raise him to the number two guy in the land and. And then that's going to be the story that brings his family back. 
mm-hmm. and the fulfillment of what he saw, the dreams that got him in trouble, that his family would bow out to him, and they sure do. So we, we won't hit you guys with everything. We'll, we'll pick back up with right. the reconciliation of all the brothers Ooh, next man, year. Oh, man, there's some good stuff oh, there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's all awesome stuff. So, <laughs> All right. Another great week of, uh, of Bible reading. It really is. It's mm-hmm. fantastic. We're getting toward the end of Genesis and, uh, you know, getting into the middle of Acts. And, and, and if you're still with us and the first time you've done it, you, you've almost made it a month. We're, exactly. we're one-twelfth of the way through. That's it. <laughs> that's not a lot of one-twelfth. You've done well. Yeah, you know, exactly. Hey, so. and that, that's why there's a day, you know, there's 25 reading days each one. That's, there's built in to miss some days and to catch up. Exactly. So don't give up. There's grace, grace, grace. Absolutely. So, that's Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, so hey, how about we shift to... Uh, what you talked about this week. <laughs> yeah, what I meant to say, exactly. Um, so as we were in part four uh, of our sermon series, First Things First, you know, this one is is really making sure that we have the right goals, you know, and uh, um, narrowing the, 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 rewriting the goals of our, our life and um, are we pursuing the right thing, kind of that funny little story about... Marjorie Ward, my niece. And I hadn't heard that in a while, and it made me laugh. Oh, yeah. I, I, it had probably been a few years since I heard it. And it's oh, so God, funny it's, every it time. Is. Draining that three was amazing, but just sadly the wrong goal. Mm-hmm. And, but what I what I love is is that the gospel really forces us to to rewrite goals. And, uh, and we all grow up in this country that's fantastic country, and, and somehow the American dream seeps into us, and you know our goals are aligned with that dream but the gospel is in such a contrast to that so mm-hmm. um and even the fact of who did jesus preach this sermon to i really you know what i wanted to say is first thing was hey this isn't for the religious or irreligious mm-hmm. you know um jesus doesn't want us to become more religious um he doesn't want us to be irreligious he wants us to be gospel he mm-hmm. wants us to be followers of him and so which is amazing and you know here's our character and it seems upside down and um, here's what we're going to do. seems like you want to jump in. No, the, what we, we talked about it at KC group last night and um, kind of hit on the fact of, and, and it goes throughout the whole Bible, of the language that's used. And there's certain words or phrases that you really don't hear outside of the church or outside of the Bible. Um, and the one I talked about of like God delighting in you. You never really yeah. hear that just in common language yeah. uh, with it. But going through the Beatitudes of those who mourn. He didn't say like those who are just those who are sad or feeling yeah. down. Like those who mourn, that has a different weight. Poor in spirit. Like not, yeah. again, not just people that are sad or down. Um, yeah. uh, the meek. And it's just different words and the, the language that's used in the Bible is absolutely beautiful. It's so beautiful. And it's in it. So again, I, I think a great point, Brooks, is that it seems to be a lot of values that the world doesn't value, mm-hmm. you know, poor in spirit, you know, hey, that's a blessed thing, mm-hmm. you know, meek, that's a blessed thing, you know, mourning, that's a blessed thing. And so, yeah, it's just, uh, uh, it, you know, amazing what God's gospel tells us to embrace and love. And um, we see it personified in Christ Jesus. It's mm-hmm. really and, awesome. And, and what we were talking about last night too of the those who thung, hunger and thirst for righteousness, being hungry and thirsty is just a natural thing. You don't have yeah. to do anything to be hungry and thirsty, but when it says like you want to hunger and thirst for righteousness, we're going to be hungry and thirsty for something, whether it's yeah. money or whatever your sure. desires are, but yeah. if you want to hunger and thirst for righteousness, um, they shall be satisfied. So we, we kind of went through all of those last That's night. That's awesome. Yeah, good for you. And man, what a hunger and thirst, and it's so good. And then, hey, I want, Jesus says, basically, this is the character of my fo- my followers, because here's what the conduct. I mean, I want you to be different. 
Mm -hmm. to be salt and light, to have an impact on the world, to be the light of the world. Um, You know, and if we lose our saltiness or if our light is under a bushel, we're useless, Mm -hmm. you know, and he really wants us to to make an impact for him. And uh, I I love that reality. Yeah, I love the the talking about salt, how it adds flavor and add flavor of God to our community. Uh, Make those around you thirst. I thought I thought that was I I hadn't heard that before and um, and fight decay. So uh, I wanted to bring this up, too, because I can't get out of my head. Your dad, Caleb, said this last night. On Sunday after church, he goes, you know, uh, salt has a corroding factor too, and <laughs> not just like a, pre- a preservation of keeping food. You're like that's not the point I was making. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yeah, it's right. You know, and and I think uh, uh, salt sometimes can have not just that corroding, but it can be like you get salt in your eyes. It's, mm-hmm. it's oh not, yeah. It's, oh yeah. Or if you get too much light in your eyes, and I, and I think about that, it's like the response to the world sometimes is going to feel corroding. Mm-hmm. It's going to feel like blinding, turn that light off. You yep. know, I don't want to see that. Or, 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 you know, as, as you come in and sit down there on that couch, you always want to make sure that we have the shades pulled enough. So, yeah, they, so I don't get blinded. So you don't get blinded. And, uh, I think as being the light of the world, you know, we just got to shine for Jesus and, and we got to do it in the most gracious way we can. Mm-hmm. Um, no bushels. Um, but also allow, the Holy Spirit to be the one who will allow the dimness uh, or the brightness to, to go. But, you know, I think if we're intentionally being jerks and just shining like, hey, you're a <laughs> sinner, you know, like a bright light in their eyes, that's not very loving. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you how do you be a salt and how do you be light in a loving way and a warmth instead of a, you know, a laser to the eyeballs? So, uh, yeah, I don't know. And then wrapping it up kind of on, on the Beatitudes and that part of it is it's a message of grace. God, yeah. through everything he said, God requires perfection and he fulfilled that for yeah. us. He's, he's showing us the, the bar and how unattainable it is, but yeah. he achieved it for us. Uh, praise God. All that God requires of us, God provides for us. And mm-hmm. it's just, uh, it's amazing. Love it, Brooksy boy. Love it. Love it. Yeah, do we have any updates? Don't you usually ask that? I, I do usually ask so that. So let me ask you, do we Let, have any let's updates? Let's see, KC groups hop in. We got yeah. four different ones going on. Okay, uh, good. I don't know all the nights. I know the young adults one is on Tuesday nights. Yeah, everybody else is Thursday. Everyone else is Thursday. Yeah. We got to be a little different. Yeah. You know, just just a little different. Exactly. I love it, which is fantastic. What, what else is going on? Mm, KC Common Grounds. We have Charlie's class going on in yeah, the morning. Yeah, one more week for this one. We'll, mm-hmm. Then we'll crank back up after that. So, uh uh, which is fantastic. We have a couple of weeks coming up, uh, all the King's men. So I know that Katie's working on getting the uh, women's ministry cranked back up. So a lot of great opportunities, everybody. Um, jump in, come to church. Um, let's make King's Chapel flourish for God's glory. Amen. Amen. We'll see you guys Sunday. Thanks, Brooksy.